you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an opportunity it is to come across your broadcast and your airwaves. And we think that's really special. We thank God for this last week and the testimonies of uh, people who were helped by wounded spirits, people who came through, shared mm. their stories, uh, shared their backgrounds with us. Just thanks to all of you who came out last week. And uh, I thought it was a wonderful series of broadcast and it was really helpful to me. And it was good to talk to all of you again. And so back with me, uh, by popular demand is uh, Pastor Tony Miller. You remember Pastor Miller many years, the pastor of Morningside Baptist Church, formerly academic dean. He's done a little bit of everything, so I think that he says that means he's a little bit old or something, but it doesn't. He's uh, <laughs> uh, Pastor Miller is probably as young at heart as anybody else around here. And, uh, yes, but not body. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's definitely an old man's club going on here right now at the dining room table, and I'm on the younger side of that, so I feel good about that because recently, you know, bro, I used to go out, and I was always the youngest person in every group. Is that right? Yeah, it's not there anymore, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, welcome, Pastor Miller. Thanks for being with us. It's good to be back with you, Doug, and I'm yeah. glad you're doing well and yes, sir. that we can be together with these folks today. Yeah, and just just jumping right off of that, letting everybody know that the biopsies came back and uh, crystal clear, I uh, got a call from my gastro doctor yesterday and really excited about that. So if you didn't see it on Facebook, thanks for your praying. Keep on praying. Pastor Miller's doing well. Keep on praying for him and his AFib and his heart. And oh, I had a doctor tell me the good news too on Friday. Yeah. I'm in rhythm. I'm staying in rhythm. I'd like to be stuck in rhythm, <laughs> but I'm, I'm all the AKG just pointed out. Everything's good. And, and folks, that was a long time happening. So keep your prayers for Pastor Miller. You know, working with someone's heart, there's a little bit of a, uh, not really trial and error, but figuring out what gets you back to where you're going. So they don't mm. do anything quickly. They don't, you know, it's not like adjusting a carburetor on a 68 Ford. It's a, it's a little <laughs> more technical than that. And, and uh, that was the last carburetor I ever adjusted was on a 68 Ford. Which can't do it now on the fuel injection. None yeah, of us can thank correct all of those things. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness for that. So we were talking about doing some things in Christ. So I mentioned that to Pastor Miller, and he's more than glad to come out here and share uh, what he's got going with that. I just wanted to start off with a verse and give you a little bit of background and where we're coming from. I love the verse over in Romans 8, 1. There is therefore no condemnation. And when we think of that word condemnation, what always comes to my mind is guilt or things that I deserve, things that I've done wrong, you know, things that I can't erase. It takes a God to erase them. Mm, yes. <laughs> it takes the sinless savior of, uh, of all of us, but it says, therefore there is no condemnation to them, which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So folks, I want to, I, I want to remind you just a couple things that grab me out of this verse. Some of you may be listening to us today and you say, wow, this is crazy. I want you to know if you're thinking that we may want to look at whether or not you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because there's nothing more special than having no more condemnation. Yes. There's nothing more special uh, than having your sins taken and put away as far as the East is from the West. There's nothing greater than that. So Pastor Miller's with us. He's, he's got a story to 
share with us, and, and we're going to dive right in. So hold on. Yes, well, thank you, Brother Doug. And this may sound like Cinderella story, but I'm going to share this story. It'll take a couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, the story starts out, and there's a young lady. She grew up in poverty. And when she left home, she got herself in such a debt that she'd never be able to pay off her debt, not if she lived several lives. So she heard about a rich young man that said he wanted to help relieve her and others from their debt and from the law pursuing them, you know, condemnation, as we were just mentioning. But he and his father were extremely rich. She met him and accepted his offer to become debt-free, which he, he had done for others. Well, as it goes on with the story, the young man became friends with her immediately after she accepted his offer, believing he would clear her debt, and it happened. She went to talk with this rich young man's rich father. She wanted to find out more about his son. The father told her that out of the wealth they had, he and his son had developed a plan to get a strategy to help people that were in poverty and in debt and to help any of them that wanted help. Well, the father said, you know, my son and I got together and we brought out of our wealth that we had and he, my son's wisdom and his hard work and we came up with a strategy. The father then informed her that she would be welcome to their mansion anytime, and that is to enjoy all the wealth that he and his son had provided. She thought it was good to be something to really consider, but she thought it was too good to be true. And that's why she had come. But the father said the son was already with him planning a marriage to her. Well, but the father assured her, you have honored my son. You believed on what he said he would do, and you are worthy thus to be married to my son. The father said, you are like to me right now a daughter. And from now on, I want you to consider yourself my daughter, and anything my son worked for is available to you for your use any time. You're a family now, and my son will soon celebrate with you a great wedding in our mansion. Well, you know, my son is like an older brother to so many people. And, you know, he's got lots of brothers and sisters that love him and want to please him. Well, the wedding is going to come, and we want you to be prepared for that wedding. And so we have a relative that will help you anytime that you have a need. He will enable you, he will encourage you, and he will guide you into anything that he knows will please my son and prepare you to be married for him. You have our family's wealth. Well, you know what that's about, folks? That's not a true story. This is actually a parable that I made up. I know it sounds like I made it up. It's probably that quality, but no, it's great. <laughs> and the quality is this about it, that in Christ, she had received this man who represents Christ in the parable. The father represents God the Father, and the close relative represents God the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah. And if we're in Christ, we have all of God's wealth. That's the thing that we need to remember. And that's exactly how the book of Ephesians starts out. The wealth of the saints for three chapters is declared by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Right out of the box, yeah. it's declared that we've got God's wealth and everything that his son de- deserves. With the walls torn down. It doesn't <laughs> matter who you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's what I'd like to start off with is we that have received Christ, believed upon him to take care of our debt of sin, we are in Christ. Folks, that's a pretty big deal to be in Christ. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. And so talk about that, Pastor. So uh, like in the story you said, you get a helper, the Holy Spirit. You uh, There's a wedding. Uh, the church is actually, right, the bride of Christ. Exactly. And, and we're all part of the church. Every one of us. And uh, so talk about that. So uh, no longer, if someone's in Christ... Our sin's covered, right? Oh, yes. That's exactly the work. You know, really, when we talk about Christ and being in him, there's two thoughts. And I know people don't like people to get up and say, well, I know Greek prepositions. Yeah. You know, I know the Greek. Well, I minored in Greek, and it helps you to understand it. And there's two prepositions in Greek. One of them is ace. And that literally means to bring up to something. Let's take in our minds and get a circle, a sphere. And when we talk about the preposition ace, it means to come up to the edge of that circle or to enter into that circle. But the Greek word that we're talking about when it's used for in Christ is in, get that, I-N, no, E-N is how you spell it in Greek. And the way you define it is simply within. And look at a sphere, and then there's a line right in the middle of that sphere, and it has on it within. Well, we're in the sphere of Christ, and we're within when we're in Christ. And in that sphere is everything that Jesus Christ is, was, and did for us. Sinners. For all of us. Everything. That's the sphere we're in. And that means we're wealthy. Yeah. And, and folks, hold on to this because especially those of us who suffer from the hurts of this world, the PTSD, whatever it may be, we, we, we're always looking for inclusion. We feel like we're outcasts. We feel like we're outside the sphere. Mm. We're outside the circle. We feel like we're a little bit odd. We're a little bit different. And, uh, and God's saying, I don't care what you feel like. You're in Christ. You're different now. Your identity leads itself in me. So hang with us a minute. We're going to be right back. We're going to go ahead and do what we have to do for our broadcast partners. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall be made alive. And uh, Pastor, just going back to what we were talking about, this is so exciting. An identity, a place inside the sphere. I mean, yes, exactly. And you're just quoting 1 Corinthians 15. And what we lost in Adam, the first 
man, we have regained in Christ, the second Adam. But I want to turn to Galatians chapter 3, because really this is uh, very clear about identity and unity and all of those things that have to do with us being in Christ. In verse 24 of Galatians 3, it says, wherefore the law, and this is the Old Testament commands, and a lot of people get confused about the law. They think it's, well, I've got to keep the law, I've got to keep the Ten Commandments in order to be saved. Right. No, the law, it says here, was our schoolmaster. And a schoolmaster was a what we would call a nanny or a child care watcher that made sure the child got to school, got back to school, and took care of its chores, all of those things. Well, the schoolmaster that we have is the law. And the law brought us to Christ. It made us believe we needed Christ. It brought us up to the sphere of Christ, but it didn't get us in. And then it brings us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. And I just want to point out two things here. First of all, the entry into Christ. The way you get in to being in Christ is to have faith in Jesus Christ. In the parable we shared, it was her coming to believe upon this individual that young rich man, that he was going to be able to clear her debt. Well, that's exactly what we have to believe about Jesus Christ. We've not kept the law. It shows us how bad we are, but it shows us we need Christ. And so then we come and believe and say, Jesus, you died for me. You paid my debt for all my sins, complete and total. And so therefore, I come to depend upon you for the payment of my sin. That's how you get into Christ. But then it says that we might be justified by faith. Now, justified means literally, somebody quoted and said, justified means just of I'd never sinned. Well, I love that. Yeah. And so it's the aspect of no condemnation. Justification is whenever a person is pardoned and then they are declared righteous. Yeah, it's, it's got that legal uh, piece of it, that legal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go down the road here and you get arrested for something that you've done and you're found guilty, there, there's a punishment. There's a payment that has to be made yes. for that crime. You know, I was reading uh, in the paper the other day, there was a, a, a knucklehead down here on the other side of Simpsonville who wielded a gun, I guess. Didn't shoot at anybody, but he wielded a gun outside of Walmart. So, put a lot, you know, stuff like that bothers me. I wanted to know what happened with the guy. You know, mm-hmm. you pull a gun, you scare kids, you scare women. That guy had some booze. He just wanted to show this other guy that he was tougher than him. You know, you pull a gun on some people, and I'm telling you, you're taking one to the chest. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the cops came and, and they, they took him away and he got three years in prison for that. So now a couple things going on here. When God saves us, we're not saved from wielding that gun. We still have prison time. There's still things here on earth. There's no eradication of the flesh. It's so much better than that. It's so much bigger than that, right? It's, uh, uh, I, I mean, the, the guilt is completely going for eternity, But we live differently up there, too, don't we? We're not the same old uh, knuckleheads that would wield a gun down here at Walmart in Simpsonville. Yeah, we as Christians still do things that are wrong and sin. We still have a sin nature, but Jesus paid for the penalty of my past, present, and future sins total. Yeah, that's where I was going. So a lot of people say to me, uh, 
you know, the, the, Christ took care of all the sin. So I'm not standing any judgment for all the sin. We know that we've, t- I think you and I talked about this about a year ago or something, but in this context, I think it even is more fitting. It's not that we have a license to sin. It's just the sin's been covered and we have the Holy Spirit. We now have a license not to sin, right? We have a license to do things differently. Well, that's exactly what I have down in this, uh, in my own mind. You enter into Christ by faith. You have the blessing of being justified by faith. And then you have liberty, the freedom, freedom from the condemnation of the law and freedom to live for Christ. It's not freedom to do anything we want. It's freedom to do what we ought to do then because the Holy Spirit. And that's what we talked about in that parable. The girl now had a relative of the, one of the three of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the encourager. He's the helper. He's the empower. He enables us now to live as the law demands. Yeah. But we're not trying to live the law in order to be saved. We're already saved. It's past tense. It's a done deal. But now we have the Holy Spirit and we're free. And that's what he says here. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. We're free from the condemnation of the law, but we're also free to live the way we ought to because he's freed us from serving sin to serve God. Yeah, so so I think this is a this is a thought I'm having here. What does and this is kind of a now, folks? I got to tell you, there 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 may be a script on my computer. I I've got twenty verses and and, and a page or two of commentary. And Pastor comes in totally prepared. You know, he's, <laughs> he's got multiple books, his notes, all that stuff. But but Pastor, I you know I'm I go back and I think this. What does, so to somebody who's a new Christian, to somebody who's living, you know, they're just getting saved, they're just in church, uh, they're wondering, what does the Holy Spirit feel like, look like, taste like, what to that new person, what's the difference uh, with the Holy Spirit of God than without the Holy Spirit of God? I would encourage that person to go past this third chapter of Galatians to chapter five, and it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now, he gives desires, he gives thoughts, and he gives emotions. He's a person, a total person, his mind has a will and has desires. Now he comes in and he's my roommate in my heart. He's the closest person to me, even closer than my wife, because he lives inside of me. And he now comes to start giving me God's thoughts. And he uses his word, the Holy Bible. And thus he starts giving us different thoughts, different desires, and different feelings. Now, some people think the Holy Spirit's just a feeling, an emotion. But the kind of emotions we're talking about is not ecstatic emotions that causes me to go haywire with joy. It's simply peace and joy. And there's a peace and a calmness. There's a joy that you can't let anything, nothing will affect that joy. It's inside. Yeah. Circumstances won't mess you up. And so that's whatever a person needs when they get saved. They may have had a lot of suffering in their background, but that Holy Spirit is going to create now a love and a joy and a peace inside. As we yield to what he says in his word, that will be there. 
Yeah, and that's, that's a pretty significant thing to understand. I, I read an article when I was in college the first time years ago, uh, first my first attempt. And anyway, were, at that point, we were talking about some marketing stuff, and we were looking, they said two, oh, more than 2,000 times on 1960s TV, a TV would show the devil on one shoulder and, and a good guy, I guess, representing a God on the other shoulder. The devil saying, do this terrible thing, do this terrible thing. And God saying, don't do it, don't do it. Well, the truth of the Holy Spirit is there's no devil around. God is not going to share space with the devil. So, uh, I mean, there's the devil certainly is in our lives. He's around us. He's ubiquitous, all that stuff. But he's certainly not within us. You know, within us is the Holy Spirit of God. So I need you to hold all this, folks, because we're going to start up with that tomorrow morning. I just, I can't believe how fast time goes when Pastor Miller's with us. So we're on the last few seconds. But listen, we sure do love you folks. And we want to have the opportunity to talk more about this devil and God on your shoulder thing tomorrow morning. So come on back. We're still in Christ. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.